Welcome to Oh Brother, a podcast of three brothers trying to figure it all out, with your hosts, Brandon, Colin, and Aaron. On this week's show, the most British way possible. Ahoy! Ahoy! After an unknowable amount of time, we have regathered to podcast again. Indeed we have. <laughs> really? So, sorry, can you hear me okay? I'm I'm podcasting yeah. inside right now because it's hot out on the deck, so. <clears throat> it's true. I scurried away from the sun. Good plan. Thanks. I try my best. <laughs> I... Oh. Uh. Uh. Side note, do you want to wait for Aaron? Uh, he just said no because he has to go and do coachy things. <clears throat> oh, okay. So... Coach Aaron has to go meet the parents, schmooze, None. and do whatever coaches do. I don't know what coaches do. I just be honest. I'm a coach. Sure. <clears throat> yeah, but like outside of coaching, I don't know what they do. So uh, he's not going to coach now. <laughs> so he's I just don't know what he's preparing to coach in the future. Ah, pre-coaching. Pre-coaching, coaching. Got it. Right? That's pre-coaching. Yep. Pre-coach coaching, which is generally the process that coaches go through. I think it's mostly they're... like, yes, I am coach. Hello. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, the introduction introduction of self as coach. Um, yeah. Would probably be good. I mean, I guess. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how these things. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> fine. 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 <laughs> I like these things to go a bit more organically. I like to force them, you know, it's awkward that way. <laughs> right. That's true. Right. Don't really want to put it into place. Uh, I'm small, uh, small preview for the future. <clears throat> right. Oh, in addition to, uh, continuing to discuss the Hobbit, which is what we're about to do here in a little bit. Uh, I need you to know that I have, in fact, just finished season two of Clarkson's Farm, so that that okay. can happen later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just, just so you're aware, I watched okay. a couple of them. Like, I downloaded them to my phone, so I watched some on like the plane, right? Oh yeah, um, a trip and stuff. <clears throat> and uh, so I watched a little bit, and I finished them when I got back home, because I only watched a few. So, uh, I have now finished Clarkson's Farm Season 2. So, if you're curious, uh, we can do... Right, but, yes. <laughs> but I have... Okay. I have now seen it. So okay. And the new Grand Tour is out. I have not watched it yet. Same. I have not watched it either. But, so, whatever you do, we can talk about that too, if you want okay. a little bit. Give yes. a little okay. boom. Okay. Just wanted to let you know what I've been doing. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> my pop culture stuff going on here. So that's, that's what I got so far. I like it. Well, well, I, am. Uh, <laughs> I uh when I'm working at my desk typing and stuff, I'm either listening to podcasts, but I have been trying to wrap up the um Demon Slayer Swordsmith Village arc uh very oh. recently. And uh I just did the did the season finale uh so just wrap that up and that's what oh, i nice. so you you finished clarkson 
Uh, I finished that one. It was nice. good. It was very good. It, I will say a co- quick comment. Um, their normal episodes are like 20 minutes, 23 minutes. And then the season finale is always like one hour. <laughs> that sounds about right. You got to wrap up a lot, you know? And you gotta, so much. <laughs> so much. <laughs> got to do a lot of wrapping up. I also, today, I started watching, uh, just because I was already on Amazon Prime, uh-huh. hashtag not sponsored, but hey, how's it going? Yet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the power <laughs> of yet. <laughs> the power of yet. That's what my bulletin board says in my classroom. Great tie-in. But I started watching that Reacher show today, the Jack Reacher thing. Oh, yeah. Pretty good stuff right there. I know I'm a little late because it was it came out like, you know, last year, but, you know, Getting around, I was just it was like popped up in recommendations, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I think I will." I don't got anything to do today. Boom, we're gonna watch some of that. <laughs> I watched about half the season today so far, just in and out. So, boom, pretty good stuff. I like it. So, I uh, will see how it ends. I haven't finished it yet, but boom, that's what I've been also watching. So there you go. There are some updates on what on earth I've been watching in my spare time. Because now that I have a lot of spare time, I figure I should probably do some of that. <laughs> bring, have some reviews to bring to the table, right? Whenever yes. you go, what have you done today? Uh, mm. Dishes. Ah. That's it. I get to like, easy. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's nice to be able to do that. I don't know. I just, you know, t- have a little touch points on things and you know, get caught up on, especially on things that you like, then you feel like you're having to be a, a drudgery. Yeah, so I'm just trying to <clears throat> find something to do today uh, in between. You know, you can only watch so much Law & Order and then you've got to do something else. So like, even though I love Law & Order. Uh-huh. Also, yesterday, yes, you know, the day I got back, the day after I got back, I can't remember now. It's only been like three days ago, but I still have no idea. Um. <clears throat> When I got back, the first thing that was on I found on TV was a marathon of Law and Order season one. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Law and Order season one. It was great. <laughs> wow. When did that come out? 1990. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> New York looked a little different uh, then, right? <laughs> I was like, whoa. They were like driving around. I was like, wait, I was there. It doesn't look like that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Other things you get used to in like police procedurals, right? Like you don't think about. They were like, yo, I got the thumb, pr- I got the fingerprints back. And they pulled out this card and handed oh. it to him. Right? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and you're like, what is that? And they were like checking something and they were doing like the bullet with the microscope thing. Oh, like, oh my God. I've seen that in forever. Last uh, made popular in the, the great mouse detective, I believe. Um, I mean, of course. Right. Is, but they yeah. did that. And they were like, just like the lab <laughs> stuff. It was yeah. hysterical. And they were like, yeah, we have to wait several days to get that reported. Like, wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. What? <laughs> How did anything get done? <laughs> I know. <laughs> it was wild or them stepping to the side to make a phone call on a phone booth uh, yeah right yeah. there was like no oh let me call somebody right it's like modern law and order they just whip out the phone and they call like 
the whoever, yeah. right? And like moodily sauntering up to their car, right? Yeah. And they don't have that anymore. They don't have well, they don't have anymore. They don't have that back then. You can't do the moody saunter, snapping the phone shut or even aggressively putting it in your pocket. Get in. Yeah. Because you can't, there's no phone, right? There's like barely a fax machine. So like, <laughs> you also just have to like, <clears throat> it's just so weird. <laughs> it's just like, oh my God. <laughs> So that was it was just enthralling and interesting to see how much law and order has changed in twenty three years, right? Like it was very just a lot. It was like, wow, I can't. Yeah. Also, these haircuts are incredible. Like I can't even. <laughs> <laughs> like ah, uh, yes, I can't imagine. Like they pull people in for an interview. Like, what are you wearing? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you tend to forget about shoulder pads, right? And like <laughs> so much feathering, I guess. Yeah, uh, right. so much. <laughs> it's crazy. That's amazing. Well, that's, it's nice that we have those little time capsules there for us to go back and be horrified by, I guess. <laughs> Uh oh. Oh no. Craigan was on season one. I didn't remember that. I remember that Dan Florek was in original Law and Order. <laughs> Forgot all about that. <laughs> Forgot all about that. That Chris North guy from Law and Order Criminal Intent was also in the original Law and Order. Like, oh yeah, he was there before and then came back to reprise his role in that spinoff series, Law and Order Criminal Intent, for a while. Oh. Same guy. Boom. <laughs> I. <laughs> Criminal intent. I, I don't. I don't know. Do you have a? I, do you have a favorite Law and Order spinoff? I mean, I like SVU just because I like the cast the most, right? Sure. I like. I like now. Importantly, I like. I like it when it was like kind of like the early stuff, right? I like it when it was like Dan Florek and Mariska Hargitay, and uh, you know, it had like Liv and L. Liv when Elliot was still there. Yeah. Whenever Munch when Munch was still there, right? I like those. I like that early stuff. That's my favorite. I like some of the other stuff too, but that's like my favorite. It's like peak Law and Order for me. Mm-hmm. Law and Order SVU. Uh, I, Criminal Intent is okay. Uh, it's weird because like they they do that thing later where they like like one episode is like that one pair of detectives, and then the other one is like Vincent D'Onofrio and that other lady. And I don't really like Vincent D'Onofrio and the other lady. <laughs> so I like the other people. It's like, I, I like every other episode of Criminal Intent. <laughs> well, That's a little bit there. awkward. Yeah, it's like, oh, I like Chris North, right? He's cool. And then that other lady, the redhead lady, whatever. I don't remember what her name is. I was watching some of that earlier today. That's why I'm thinking about it. But like, I like that. I like normal Law and Order, right? I was like, I, but yeah, I like him. I like SVU the most, just because I like the cast the best. We've talked about this before. A bit dark, uh, not great, just like wholesome family entertainment, right? <laughs> this is a subject matter that's a bit heavy, but <clears throat> that's why it's good to switch it up between the Law and Orders. And I haven't watched any of the new Law and Order, because they like brought it back, like just normal Law and Order. Yeah. People, I haven't seen any of that, so I have no opinion on that at all. Because I haven't seen any of it. Right. Like, Last opinion, firmly from 
early 2000s uh yeah right like because it like normal law and order went away and there was like a couple of random spinoffs then and then like i don't know and then like because then criminal intent was around for a while and then it went away and then svu's been around for forever and then like normal law and order came back again and then like i don't i don't <clears throat> but i haven't seen like the brand new stuff i haven't seen a lot of the brand new stuff i mostly watched the rerun because they're what's on all day and it, it's fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you also have to switch it up because the only ones they ever show, like this last, at least today and yesterday, the SVU ones, the only reruns they've been showing are the ones that I've seen like recently. So it's like, <laughs> dang it, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> it's a lot less exciting like when you know what's happening, right? It's like, oh, well, I don't really want to, you know, the suspense is gone, right? Because <laughs> you know what's happening. You're like, oh, yeah, it was that guy. Okay, anyway, uh, I'm going <laughs> to... Right. Okay, okay. And on to the thing. <laughs> yeah, moving on. Next. Got to keep going. <clears throat> Which is why you start watching Reacher. There you go. That's what you do. Kablam! Ah, nice tie-in. Very well done. <laughs> Indeed. <clears throat> uh, you bet up too. How was dog walking today in the hot? hotness oh man it was uh it was fine uh i fortunately i'm covering a morning visits so we didn't have to worry too much about the heat um uh we are one of the oh i mentioned the client the other day that's going to be gone for a month and so we're taking care of their dog well uh the dog has started to exhibit some uh overexcited or nervous tendencies already so we're having to kind of oh oh no switch up our yeah i'm like we still have three weeks left anyway um <clears throat> which is fine uh it's one of those where as long as the dog isn't destructive uh and we do what we can to manage the the dog it's just hard because during a visit you can only do so much right and so it's going really making sure that every single person follows the set tasks of be like, okay, I know, look, I know you're going to be there at the second visit and I know you're probably going to see that there's poop in the litter box. Don't, don't scoop. The third person, the third visit is when we scoop litter. It has to be that way. And we're, so we're, we're trying to schedule, we're trying to uh, match like long tasks or tasks that eat up a lot of time with short tasks so that the person who's brushing this dog is not also needing to take them on a 20 minute walk. Because we can't can't do those two things at the same time. Oh, there's not enough time, <laughs> right? Right. There's just right. not enough time to brush him appropriately um, at all. So it's a uh, so we've the second the first visit of the day was supposed to be when our big walk was for him, but now we're going to go ahead and add a second walk at the second visit because that one was just like playtime in the outside and brush a cat. So it's like okay, yeah. well let's switch the playtime in the backyard to a good walk. And then we'll brush the cat. Like that's what we can do um, to help with this. Cause he's just getting very, uh, very excitable when we come in, which is either he's got energy to burn off or he's starting to get anxious. And so we're trying to like hit both of those by helping him manage his energy a little bit better. Um, so we'll see. So that was something that came up today where I was like, okay, like we need to write up a, a how to and, and re and change up a few of these things. Um, so that he can last the rest of the 
so that we can, I'll say, so that we can last. <laughs> I was going to say, so that you can last. Yeah, the rest of the of, month. That's a ah. lot of, uh, that's yeah. a long time to have that's to deal with a very anxious doggo. Such that's a long time. Yeah. That's a I guess. Rough. And so we have to make sure that we, you know, are monitoring his, uh, for any destruction and all that good stuff. So we will see. I kind of foresee that we will be purchasing some puzzles uh, and such uh, here shortly to help entertain him while we are away. Um, but we'll we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Mm, that sounds interesting. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's you know, it's one of those it's one of those things of going yeah we like sorry, I have to adjust my microphone sorry it's okay it's, okay. Sorry. it's, sorry. it's part of the uh, gig man <laughs> yeah it's how you know it's real can't mimic those yeah. sounds <clears throat> uh, yeah it's not AI <laughs> I can't program that sound in oh yeah never uh, yeah I'm going okay this dog normally is at home with a stay at home you know, owner and the other works outside the home so that environment is very different than the current environment that it's in and um, also used to having like, kids in the family. So there's a lot more action that the dog is usually exposed to or activities think, or throughout the day. So um, we are, it really, it really turns into a, a true enrichment mindset now of mm, what yeah. can we do in our little time window to to mentally get him engaged and exhausted to physically get him engaged and exhausted uh to build that connection with him to fill up his love tank you know all that stuff and right now we're having to go okay you know first visit is about physical exercise you know second visit was about um mental stimulations third visit was mental stimulation and then fourth visit was more physical exercise but i think we're just going to have to have a kind of a continuing rotation of what those look like so that it doesn't become root or, or boring or predictable and he can still have fun things to engage in. But that's where sitting down with everybody and going, okay, like what ideas we have, how do we, how do we do this? And, uh, it's, it's something that's going to be a lot more common. We just did a, a, a total. So in addition to changing all of our, um, software and ripping out that entire guts, uh, and also changing like how we bill and stuff. We all also changing our pricing structure on a few things. And we've made our longer visits a little bit more attractable. Attract, att- attractable? Is that the word I want? Uh, attractive. Attractive. Yeah. yeah. No, they don't know they are attractable because they are, they have the potential to be attractive. So, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Um, <laughs> oh, my brain. Um, Yes, uh, more attractive to our clients. And we're going to try pushing those more. And as I explained to all of our staff of going, uh, I went, uh, you know, 30 minutes is is going to feel very different than 60 minutes. Like all those times where you were like on the couch, petting the dog and you're like, oh gosh, I got to go do other stuff. Now you can sit on the couch for a little bit longer while you pet the dog, right? You're not going to feel as chunk, 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 chunk from thing to thing. But that also means that you can't luxuriate too much in the time because then you're going to look up and you've been there an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's going to be kind of a, a different mindset for 
what to do of like, what does it mean to throw the ball, play fetch in the backyard? Like really budgeting that time out differently, but it feels weird. Every time I do an hour long visit, it just feels wrong because I, it's not what I normally do. So it'll be, uh, so we wrote up a big long list of <clears throat> possible things you can do to fill an hour long and adding a bunch of ideas and stuff to it. We've been sending that to staff so that they have those on hand um, for just different possible ideas. Very interesting. <clears throat> so the, uh, the reason for going to longer visits, is that <clears throat> to just service dog needs more to alleviate scheduling conflicts? Like what is the benefit yeah. of doing that really? Well, so there are pros and cons to it, I will say. So when we went from 30 to 60, we did not just double our rate. So what does that mean? Well, that means that, you know, because an hour long is actually taking up two slots where another person could exactly. have potentially booked a 30 minute visit at the full rate. So if we had two 30 minute visits back to back by two separate clients, we would be getting more money than we would by staying at one client for longer. However, it is less costly per visit to conduct. What do I mean by that? Um, once I'm at the visit, all of my costs for getting there are, are, are taken into account. So the time I have to pay staff members to get there is already there. The yeah. mileage I have to yeah, reimburse say, for like mileage, is all, gas, all that stuff, like, you know, is worry. already, is already taken into account. So every moment I stay longer at that client becomes more and more profitable for us. And we can actually pay our staff members better uh, because of that. Because per visit, we, the company, make more after expenses are taken into account. Ah, and so it's okay. It's more profitable in that in that in that case. But um, if you look at like total overall revenue, if all we did was book one hours, total revenue we would make less, but. The profit on that would be profit. I'm just saying, like after expenses, what's left over? Like that yeah. would be, that would be more. And so it gives us more margin for <clears throat> purchasing supplies, continuing education, um, giving raises, that kind of stuff. Uh, so we that's that's why we want to make those a little bit more attractive. Attractive. See, I use the word right. Hey, yeah. <laughs> um, also, we can pitch them as a. Um, Sometimes at night, people may want you. We can we can rebrand it also as a tuck-in service of let us come to it at night, and we can spend a little bit longer by about double the amount of time being with your dog, being with your cat, um, really make rounding out the day with them really well, and just spending more time with them before we leave, so that they get you know maybe extends it a little bit later into the evening than it normally would. Um, so. We'll see how that goes, but uh, that was, and I say all that to say that as soon as we push that out there and we um, people were notified about it, one person booked a, a week and a half of midday one hour long visits. So of like, course, I was like, great. Ah, uh, now I need to. I need to. It's this uh, our typical mo. Ah, let's just push this out there and see what. Oh my gosh, people like this. Now we have to figure it out. <laughs> Well, because you know that creates like weird staffing issues where you have to because like if some people are doing like this want thirty minutes or other people want like an hour now it's like oh 
who, how do I do that? Right. How do I get people? Well, yes. And so that is going to be an issue because if we've got a busy schedule of vacation clients and there have been times where it's like, I have no more time to put here in this, in this time block. If somebody wanted, um, uh, an hour long, like we, we would have to deny them an hour long because if we're, if, you know, a lot of times it's like six thirty to seven, seven ten to seven forty seven, you know, then you go, okay, seven fifty five to eight, like you yeah, they exactly. get back to back to back to back to back, at which point it's like, Ooh, if I had to double the amount of time that I was here, it'd be really restrictive for my ability to take on more clients. So it's a, it's a risk that we're going to run. Yeah. Um, that's what I was wondering. Like, yeah. So really, the best case scenario will be when we have double coverage over each time block, and then I can shuffle visits in between two separate staff members and go, okay, like you get the hour long, you get these two visits, you get this, you get that. So I can move that to create more space. That makes sense. But we're not there yet. So, uh, <laughs> we'll, you know, we'll just, we'll just figure it out. <laughs> Let's go with it. See what happens, right? Exactly. That's what what we do. So, yeah, that's been uh, that has been that has been what we have been been doing. And um, we sent out another email reminder today about people to activate their accounts. And my goodness, you tell people that you're like shutting off the old one and. People who haven't booked you for a year and a half are suddenly activating their account and filling out their client and pet profile information. And I'm like, why? <laughs> like, do you even live here anymore? Like, I haven't heard from you in a year. What are you doing? <laughs> so, so, well, you know, they just want to make sure just in case, you know, like, uh. we, we have had that happen too, where someone says, Hey, I just want to fill out the profile just in case. And it's like, Oh, okay, fine. Like, whatever. We're here. <laughs> yeah. For whenever they do need it. Like, Yes, and that's well, and that's been our big push too. Of like, it is a bit of a process because while we did bring, we brought over as much information as we could from our old software, but some of it got a little jarbled, and also some of it is three or four years old from when we first started caring for some people. So it's a great time to update your emergency contact information, right? (laughs) So yeah, some fields have been intentionally left blank Uh, another big one is previously we were kind of keeping up with vaccination records by just having clients text us a photo of their vaccination record and then that would just kind of stay in that message thread however with this new system it allows it to be stored in the profile and what's really neat is the client uploads a photo of it or uploads the actual document and they set when it's going to expire and then we have to come in and uh, confirm that and enter the actual expiration date. And then it automatically sets reminders to send those people X number of weeks or months before it expires so that it can stay current. However, not many people just keep their vaccination records lying around. And so that can be a bit of a process if you have to go to your vet ask them for this information. They have to send it to you. You have to go back to the profile, upload it, type in information, and then send it to us to confirm. 
And if you're needing to visits to start today or tomorrow, that's just not going to happen. So we can switch it off per client and say, okay, never mind. We'll remove that from you. Just make sure that you get it to us when you get back. But we're trying not to do that because we really want to stay up to date with this stuff. But it's also, we don't want to inconvenience people because they're used to operating one way. So trying to get ahead of people and going, you may only book us two times a year. Go ahead and get your information right now so that you don't have to worry about this when that time comes. That makes sense, I guess. But also, people don't just put that in a folder and just keep it in a thing. Like, that doesn't... No, no, no. A lot of people just... Because they get the receipt from it, and then they just, like, throw it away. Yeah. Right? Because it's just a receipt in a lot of cases. It's not like a document kind of thing. true, I guess. Huh. That just seems weird, but... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it, it's how some people operate, right? I, I, it's just, you know, you'd think some people would keep it, some, but they don't. And so we've got to go, okay. Like, well, I mean, yeah, because like, I guess the thing that you need is the little collar tag, right? Yes. So like, if because like our vet would just give us like the updated little collary thing. <clears throat> and that is usually all you'd need, right? Because you're just like, oh, okay, here's my proof. It's on this little doodad this little bobble and i'm gonna hang on the collar right and then that's all you really care about so like i guess you could just take a picture of that here like (laughs) (laughs) no one's done that yet because sometimes they don't have i don't remember if sometimes they do the expiration date on the collar and sometimes they don't think most sometimes depends on the vet or whatever yeah so anyway they should just put it on there they just send you a picture of the collar thing bam come on that's get with it Yes. (laughs) Yes. Some of them expiration usually has the date that it happened. Yes. On there. Like the date it was updated, but not an expiration date, if I remember correctly. I think it does too when it happens. So you would just have to. Yeah. So I, I that would probably like, work. <laughs> but again, sometimes even then clients don't have that on their, on their tags. Um, sometimes yeah, dogs don't so anyway we just want the document that way it also has the vet information on it that we can check to see if that's also on their client profile uh, because sometimes they don't put that in right so good point it we just want the document or a photo of the document and uh so that's that's been fun and then the other thing is that this means that we've been sending out these emails. Well, some clients are still in the old software and they've been contacting us worried that they logged in and create an account and they don't see their ones, their, their visits that were in the old software. So we've been having to update them and say, no, if it's in the old software, it's in the old software. We will see those through, but any new ones, right? We, we, uh, will, we'll go through the new one. So having to reassure people of like, no, it's okay. Like we still have all the stuff, even though you're going to log into a brand new account, it's going to be completely empty. We still have you. So that's been another point of needing to reassure people. That sounds like a lot of headache is really what this is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm getting yeah, it from us. Which is like it's just a lot of like uh, 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 no. <laughs> which is why we didn't do this for the for too long, right? Which is why each time we would look at our current software and go, oh, we need to move this or, uh, can you believe this? Or, uh, again, we would then look at the prospect of the next, you know, 
three months that we would be dedicating our life to making the transition happen and go, yeah, no, we're good. <laughs> we're real good. We're real fine. The did I did I ever tell, actually tell you why we ended up making the switch? No. Okay. Okay. Uh, so the reason that we decided to make the switch, so it'd been building. Um, one thing is, as with anything in life, um, where I guess anything that you're using to make money or as part of your business, <clears throat> or even just in your personal life, things like support, help, documentation, that kind of stuff are a lot more important than you ever really understand or realize because you know, you get into something and you go, why would I ever need to be call it about this? What could, what could possibly mean? What could possibly go wrong? Like I'll just start the software and we'll be good to go. Um, and then, and it may function like that for a while. And then you start to run into weird edge cases or you want to try and do something with the software that it physically can't do. And you want to know if it can do that or if they could make that change or Clients have problems, or and so uh, the only way to interact with this company, <clears throat> the original one, was basically through messaging. They they had no phone number to surfaced or really real way to book a call easily with them. And every time we message support, that sounds, it, in, that sounds weird. Terrible. Like I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And after a while, they kind of, they made a section to the app where you could go in and you could request a phone call. But sometimes the phone calls were booked up for like two and a half weeks out. And so it was like, what? Huh? Like I need this now. Like I needed this yesterday. And then each time that we did message with the support, it was like we had never talked to them before. Right. <laughs> It was like, it was so frustrating. Oh, Lord. Yeah, they were like, they were like, well, hello. Thank you for contacting us. Let, did you read this help article? And we're like, we've read it 11 times. Or like, scroll up in the chat and it's already there. Like, so it just got to the point where like, it really wasn't progressing. And I don't know that early on, we also, we sat down with a big phone call for them, with them where they, because we were a squeaky wheel and they were like, hey, here's our, professional uh, success team member. They want to talk to you about some features that you want. And we had all these things and they were like, Oh yeah, that's great. Yeah. We'll get this. We'll get this on the timeline. And Oh yeah, we're rolling out this. This is coming soon. We're going to blah, blah. And I know software development is hard and I know software development never follows timelines. The, the app, when we first came on, they were like, yeah, brand new one in like four months. That was two years ago. It's the exact same, right? <laughs> like they haven't made any changes to this. Mm. And the changes that they right. do make are like, <laughs> they're like, well, what if you sell products? We've made it easier than ever to sell products. And we're like, that's not what, that's not what I wanted. I don't, I, I don't I, no. Yeah, that's not what I do. Yeah. Right. So, so it's like, just like the wrong fit for your, what you're yeah. trying to do. And yeah. And then kind of like, and then the way they technically do this, <laughs> right? So, the way they do this is it's a messaging app, basically. It's just like WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger that you download on your phone, where it does, yeah. doesn't expose your personal data to the person on the other end. It just comes through as a message. Now, here's where things get a little tricky. They don't require the, the um, client to download the app. So how do they get messages? They come through as text messages. So here's what happens uh, when you uh, what ready, ready for yes? <laughs> okay, Are you ready for I this? Are you ready for this? this? I don't just okay. 
what happens is when you log into the app, all you give them is your phone number and then it sends you a, a, a security code and then boom, you're into the app. What happens is when you message, it takes your phone number, goes over to their servers, garbles it up and spits it out as our company phone number. Okay, but that's your phone number. So what happens when I have a team of 11 people? Each one of their phone numbers gets sent to the server, garbled up, and then spit out as the same phone number as the company. So (laughs) okay. So so the client, so this is something we were never comfortable with. Technically, the client never knew who was messaging them because it just came through as a phone number. Right. So it's it's very simplistic. It's very it's it's beautifully simplistic in that way. In it never it's not confusing. They're not getting messages from 11 different people, which is which is nice, right? That's a that's a good feature. So we we just had staff members sign off with like a dash and then their name. So mine would say, you know, great walk today, saw a bunch of birds, pooped twice, you know, peed two times, uh was easy on the walk, didn't react whenever we saw the the dog across the yard. Uh, it was great seeing them today, dash Colin. Uh, we just had people update yeah. that way. So so now you're going, okay, well, what happens when the client responds? Okay, because the client's going to respond because it's just, a, from their perspective, it's literally just a text message. So client responds, it gets garbled up into the server and gets spat back to the last person who texted them. And it sh- <laughs> and it shows up just as the client profile. It doesn't show their phone number because it's coming through the app to the staff member. But it go it only goes back to the last person who messaged them. So in order for us to see message threads, and it did that for every single person. So if you did today and then I did tomorrow, they would you could have a t- you could be chatting with them, but your chat would disappear as soon as I showed up to check in and started messaging them. And they would stop Ew. being able to message you. And Who designed all... <laughs> this? What in the world? It, what? Well, <laughs> okay. So this is, like, this is the most convoluted, <laughs> terrible and, plan. And, and I will say, ever as a lightweight app of like, I just want to get in and start doing services and messaging. Like it is beautiful at that. You, there's nothing needed. Clients don't even need the app. Remember, let's keep that in mind. Clients don't need the app. It keeps it super simple. It's just text messages. That's what everybody does. And we had a lot of people who really liked that where they just, you know, they just texted. That's all they needed. They got text, they got photos, they got updates, they could, you know, respond. But if we needed to the other thing was is that if a st- if a if a client responded and said, "Hey, don't put them in the kennel." Well, if the client, if the staff member um, puts their phone in their pocket and they're off the clock, they just walk away. Well, who gets that notification? Well, it goes to their phone. So Megan and I were constantly diving into each individual staff member's message threads, making sure clients weren't sending them questions or updates or weird things so that we could then stay on top of it. (laughs) And then we had a question from the very beginning of like, how does the phone number show up? And they said, oh, it shows up as your company phone number. Great. Okay. Now. What happens when a staff member leaves? Oh, all that stuff's not saved, isn't it? Because it's only well, directed to their number. So it's not saved in like a common thread. There's no like company no. thread because everybody's individual phone number is like, quote, the company. So yes. you're going to lose a bunch of stuff, right? You're going to lose a bunch of documents, a lot documented history of communications, of questions, of problems. All that disappeared. 
Additionally, let's say you work for me tonight and you quit tomorrow and that client doesn't book right away and four months go by and then they message that text thread and say, hey, do you have availability for tomorrow? Oh, got you. To whom, to whom, to whom would that message go? Nobody knows. Probably to no one, I would guess. <laughs> the way that I this know, system sounds. I, I know because I know, I know because I demanded the text logs and I combed through them. Here's what happens. Um, it doesn't go to that app because that app that tech that from the from the staff member is gone. It goes to yeah. their per it goes to their personal phone number. Ew, and what? Sh- and shows up as a text. Ah. <laughs> And then, and then here's the really great thing: when the staff member tries to respond, they the get a, won't respond because it's not. They get the right, an error like a, that says, yeah. "Please download the po- please oh, <clears throat> please download the app so you can continue messaging." So they're yeah. stuck. <laughs> and if you have a staff member who terminated on some not so very good terms, they're not going to tell you about this. Well, no. And there and there's no way to go in from my end as an admin to see that message because it doesn't exist because they're not a team member anymore. Yeah. So That's, this is the I, worst design thing I've ever heard of in my life. What I I found who, out who about this. I found out about this because we had a staff member leave. She loved working for us, just she needed to change. Totally fine. She'd send in she sent me a screenshot one day of like Hey, I don't think I should be getting this. And I was like, what? And it was a you are correct. <laughs> texting her. And I shot back and got on the tech support and we blew this up. And I demanded, I said, I have I had a lot of turnover. <laughs> okay. I need you to send me a log file of the text messages for these seven people. Oh no. Okay. Turns out. Over the last now, I will say over the last five months, it's only six months. It's only happened five times. Okay. But Still. it happened, right? It happened. The, this was the last straw for us of it. They thought that they engineers at the company thought it worked one way and it does not. And <laughs> it's a, they, because they flat out said engineering says, it will be rerouted to the admin number or to the ad to your admin account. And I was like, explain this. <laughs> I have a photo. <laughs> right. Wow. And they were like, oh, we'll work on getting that fixed. So couple that their, 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 their statement of we'll get that fixed coupled with our long history of them not fixing things and <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> fixing the, not occurring the hist- like well mm, guess we know what's going on now <laughs> the history of their support and now the egregiousness of this of like okay this is a really cool system it has not been battle tested and oh we can't have that <laughs> no straight up can't Oh man! <laughs> so oh, the disaster! Oh my gosh! It was! It was! So the system we moved to is like the granddaddy of all softwares. It is! It is a sledgehammer 
to all problems. It it is it started in 2012 um or older than that. It's it's been hammered out by it's only for pet sitting and dog walking companies. Like that's their only people that they served that they serve. Um it's got they only employ they only employ people on their staff that like have done pet sitting things. <laughs> Most of their IT staff and their customer support staff have been dog walkers and pet sitters before. Um or have like yeah. So, so the co the co-owner fingers crossed. I, uh, yeah, I know right? <laughs> the co-owner he he and his wife used to own a dog walking pet sitting company for several years before they started using the software and then he came on as staff to the software and now he's co-owner of the software so there's it's like okay these people get us right they understand what needs to be done now i will also say they do things weird they do things very weirdly right very odd um they don't we don't bill the way they bill um, they do they do entirely off of invoicing, so they have the world's best, most complicated <laughs> invoicing system <laughs> in the world. Uh, you can have automated, half automated, fully like next day, same day, all sorts of buttons and doodads and flips to Bob. But it's like ah, oh, we don't we haven't done invoicing in, like ever. So like we're having to learn. So now we're having to like learn their system. And like, it's just part of that. Like, this is, that's not how we operate. But to get the benefits yeah. of everything, we have to do this. So that's a big pain that's point. Gross. Yeah. And there's other stuff. So it's like, I don't want to be that guy of like, hi, I'm brand new here. Here's seven things that I recommend you try and do when they've been a company for like 11 years. Like, that's not, I'm trying not to be that person. But also it's like, I, you've probably thought about this, but you know, this would be a pretty neat feature. And, you know. <laughs> Ah, uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's that's why like, we made that switch. Yeah, <laughs> good. Well, that makes a lot more sense because uh, that is horrendous and just disgusting, and uh, that's the <laughs> like literally the worst thing I've ever heard of. So I don't know why or someone would decide to do things that way. But well, here we go. I guess right, that's about- right. and I know they were trying to be mobile first. They were trying to be extremely lightweight. They were trying to use existing technologies you know one of the things that most of the other pet sitting softwares out there do they're like "Ooh, your staff and company and and, uh uh, get get updated uh immediately with emails and i'm like oh my god fax machines right (laughs) exactly yes and so the our former you know former software was like text message and phone only we don't even have a desktop app what are you doing why would you book on the website like to go to your phone like it was very modern in that aspect but we were we were at i mean Truly, I'm going to say at the ragged edge of what this thing was possible and constantly going past it with number of employees, with complexity of services and amount of usage. Um, Because most of the time that when people who they say this is for is like, are you a carpet cleaner or maid service and want to book things like so it's like there's one crew or it's just Mm, yourself and herder and we're like, what if 11 people were operating at the exact same time every single day? Would that be fun? <laughs> Turns out, and, no. The and their servers no. said, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to shut down now. Blah. 
pretty much pretty much is what we did to those so you know fun times <laughs> oh yeah great right <laughs> so that that is why we find ourselves where we find ourselves this makes in this sense. in this process yeah so, this, this makes sense that's all right yes It's not quite as interesting as where uh, Bilbo found himself. Uh, hey, the start of chapter two. It's true. <laughs> that is, in fact, true. Because where Bilbo found himself was in his house alone. Okay, well, but full of confusion. It was a wild night previous. It's true. <laughs> but he woke up and they were all gone. He was, and he was feeling just a trifle disappointed. I love these words. Trifle, just a trifle disappointed. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. And we continue, we continue to get the, you know, we're still in the growing character phase of this, of, of, of him discovering new parts of himself, of like, he could not help feeling a trifle disappointed and the feeling surprised him. Like, <laughs> <it> was like <laughs> I love that so much. Yes. It's very interesting, right? Yeah, he's conflicted a little bit, uh, confused, right? And then, like, also annoyed, right? Because he's like, oh, I got to clean up all this stuff. We got to do all this nonsense, right? Uh, so he's having his inner conflict, but it, like, it's kind of weird because it, 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 it assumes, I'm, you know, you're sort of assuming that some time has passed. But it's like in the second paragraph, like Gandalf just bursts in. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> I know. Like, I, it's, it's like, what do you like, mean? It's what am I doing? I'm it's almost the, the, the story is advancing now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, it's like, oh, by the way, come, again, you could tell the, the, again, the narration style of this is like fast and loose, right? It's like, it is just how you would orate a story. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. what it feels like, because it's like, anyway, come on. <laughs> Not for the last time, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. Gandalf busts in. Is all like, "What are you doing?" Like, I'm, I'm eating. What are you doing? Why are you in my house again? Uh huh. And then the classic, the classic blunder, right? Oh, well, didn't you read the note? What note? <laughs> what note? Can't just go and leave in random pieces of paper on people's mantelpieces and expect well, them to find it and immediately respond to you, right? But, like, what kind that's of nonsense what I, is this, Thorne? That's what, what I love about this, is you could almost see the conversation that Thorne and company had with Gandalf of, like, should we leave? And Gandalf responded with, don't worry, he'll wake up and he'll start cleaning immediately and find this note, right? Of, like, he'll... <laughs> He can't stand a dirty room. He's going to clean this, put it on the mantelpiece. He always dusts that, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then Billow then is so unlike himself. He has he didn't dust the mantelpiece. God, ah, haven't we all? Haven't we all found ourselves not having dusted the mantelpiece? Oh, yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's just, I mean, again, if you wanted to find it, put it right on the table. <laughs> yes, it is. Right in eyesight. <laughs> like, what? what is this? Right? This is like, okay, so whenever I, it's a thought I have a lot of times, right? Whenever I go take, you know, the office, always like, hey, bring me X paper or whatever, right? And you go there and nobody's ever there, right? They're always gone. Secretary's always gone. The principal's never in her office, right? So what do you do with the paper, right? You have to put it somewhere. You don't know where to put it. You need to make sure they find it. 
Where does it go? This is a conundrum that I have oftentimes. So what I do is I put it right directly in their chair. So, <laughs> so yeah. that they always find it and they always know that I brought it, right? You put it in the mailbox thing, you know, like the tray, the mailbox thing. You don't know if they've read that recently. You don't know how often they go through it. It could get lost in the shuffle and all that stuff. You just want to randomly throw it on the desk because it's definitely getting lost somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. So I always just put it right in the in the seat. Boom. So now, <laughs> to make I, it easily findable. <laughs> I, I train staff on this of, okay, you've collected a bunch of trash from a house. Um, and you've got it in a bag. Where are you going to put that bag so you don't, for, so you, you person, don't forget it? Where do you put it? Um, you don't put it on the counter. You don't put it in a chair because it then it just immediately blends into the background and you will Definitely. not see it because you're moving. But the client will come in and immediately go, Why is there a trash bag on my chair? Right? Why? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you, you put it right in front of the door, preferably hanging it on the door handle that you're yeah. leaving. Right. Yeah. So that right in the ha- way. Right you. in the way. Exactly. Exactly. Not on a non dusted mantelpiece. Exactly. Come on, Thorin. <laughs> Get out of here. And and I love the uh the terms uh of this contract. Um, you know, funeral expenses to be defrayed by us or representatives mm-hmm. if occasion arises. <laughs> yes. Here we go. <laughs> You know, just enough to cause some more trepidation on Bill Will's part, right? Like, just enough weirdness to be like, wait, a what? I don't, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, he is rushed out the door to go meet the people at the Green Dragon Inn, right? Which is still in the Shire, I believe, right? The Green Dragon is in the Shire. This is where oh. uh, Mary and Pippin later we'll spend a lot of time right they love the green dragon so he hasn't they haven't gone too far but he's still got to like book it because it, they're almost getting ready to leave right and, <clears throat> and he rushed in such in such a hurry that he forgot what of all things everything literally everything including his pocket handkerchief oh yes of so course. so offset by this this is I am imagining this is like Tolkien self-insert character because like if you just see the way the man dresses, right? Like the most British way possible, right? Like tweed, everything, like vest, shirt, tie, jacket, outer jacket, Uh you know, all this stuff. Like (laughs) Tolkien does not go anywhere without a handkerchief. I can guarantee you that he <laughs> this is true. Yeah, looking at how he's dressed and like how he portrays himself, that man never went anywhere without a handkerchief. So, and because old people just don't go places without a handkerchief, this is like a thing, without them, right? Yeah. This is like a very generational thing. Uh, old people have handkerchiefs. That's just how it works. <laughs> I don't know but why. It's this first. <laughs> it's this first sign of him. I mean, I'm going to say tangible sign of leaving comforts and moving past what he's known, right? It's this, he dropped That's something true. that he, he couldn't imagine having ever done this before. What like, but here he is. And, and it's starting, starting, starting off the adventure without a handkerchief. Yeah. I like how he's not concerned about like a coat, right? It's, right. <laughs> or anything it's else. He's just like, Oh, rats. Yeah. Oh no. My yeah. handkerchief. 
Handkerchief, can we just agree that handkerchiefs are disgusting anyway and you should not have them? They I mean, bother me a lot. Okay. I right, handkerchiefs I, bother me. <laughs> I have carried them. Oh, so go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, go ahead. You tell me about yours and I'll tell you why they're gross. <clears throat> okay, well, so uh, you know, dad used to have a handkerchief like all the time, his white handkerchiefs. Uh and but I carried them or at least had them on my person for like more emergency scenarios, not for the, oh, I need to blow my nose. I will use a handkerchief. I've never used a handkerchief to blow my Good. nose. Good. Good. That's disgusting. Ever. Ever. Now, did I use it? Have I used it to like bandage wounds? Yes. Or blow my child's nose? Yes. But then it's like it never existed and, and I won't use it again. Right. It's, just, it's, it's a single it. use. Right. <laughs> right. So. Listeners, I need your input, right? We have a uh, a beautiful worldwide friendship base here. I need to know how this works. Here's how it works in the Midwest, right? Probably also the South. I'm just guessing that's probably true. Uh, <clears throat> I didn't spend enough time in New England. I did not see any old people with handkerchiefs in New England. So, oh, a shame. I don't know what to do with that information. However, <clears throat> People with handkerchiefs in the Midwest and the South, uh, they're always old farmer dudes, right? They have them. It's either like a white actual handkerchief sort of bandana situation, right? But it is always folded into a square and in the back pocket all the time. Or the only other place it is is tucked into the front pocket of the overalls, which is worse. But Old people, what they will do is they will pray, they will produce this handkerchief from their back pocket, unfold it, blow their nose in it, and then fold it up and put it back in their pocket. <laughs> Which is the most distressing thing <laughs> that I can possibly imagine happening. It's just, it's gross. And I don't like it. Right? Like, I've never enjoyed this. I've never understood what you're going to do carrying around a snotty handkerchief all day because you will then see them later reproduce the same handkerchief and blow their nose again <laughs> and then redeposit it back into their pocket. This is not okay. I don't like this. It hurts me. <laughs> it's just gross. <laughs> just the thought. This is like big old snotty rag just hanging out in your pocket. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, so gross. Please let us know. Right? Tell Actually, us you know this what? is a phenomenon that occurs in your part of the world. I need no. to know. This. No, I don't want I don't want to hear any handkerchief news. Moving on. Uh, no, I just gross. want to know. I want to know. Yes <laughs> or no. Right? Okay. Yes, I okay. have witnessed yeah. this or no. I, you don't have to describe in great detail. Okay. Or that weird thing where they're like, oh, they're like hawk a big thing and just sort of like spit it in the head. Ah, no, nah, nah. no, <clears throat> no, 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 no. Moving on. Anyway, yes, he gets <laughs> some of Dwalin's gear and just puts it on. Uh huh. He looks weird because he's tiny and <laughs> he has weird dwarf clothes now. So that's it. <laughs> yep. And this can this gets into the um I don't want to say the yada yada section 
But it, it, no, in this one is par- definitely the yada yada section. In one section, four. they're like, <laughs> they pass through Hobbit lands and then strange lands and then stranger, stranger lands. And anyway, <laughs> wicked people. <laughs> yeah, there's a bit of part in here where it's like, yeah, it's just kind of like you're reading it and you're going, what in the world? I don't. Uh, so yeah, it's like two pages of just sort of like nothing. Right. <laughs> very quickly, people get uh, frustrated and grumbly and uncomfortable. And yeah, it is. It's just two pages of like, it's soggy and wet and we're still walking and I don't have clothes and it's weird out here and so on. Which is again, it's weird because like, I don't know, this is a bit, I mean, Tolkien does tend to like babble on about stuff, but like, uh-huh. this is like babbling on about nothing, right? He's usually babbling on about something, right? He's uh-huh. usually talking about something interesting. But like, this is just like, so it's like two pages and then they're like, oh, hey, what's that over there? (laughs) And then like, all of a sudden they're just like, oh, where's Gandalf? Like, that's it. That's how we get to our next. (laughs) Well, it's it's where's Gandalf and a pony runs away, right? I think is where. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they start to look for it. And then they see that the fire is now uh, in the distance. And not to foreshadow some, but man, they have a bad luck following fires. Uh, that is true. That's just I, not the best idea, right? Like, <laughs> it's kind of like horror movie logic, right? They're like, what's that ominous looking sign? Let's go stare at it. Like, mm, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's one thing to be inquisitive. It's quite another to like, just go charging headlong into peril, right? It's like, uh, okay, whatever. I guess it makes the story more exciting, though. It does, know. and and it's a time to to test the burglar that they have brought. Oh yes, them. for they for the logical ones are like, well, it's really shady in these parts, and there's no real good travelers in here. We're kind of close to those mountains where lots of evil things come from. Hey, let's send the new guy right <laughs> to go to go and do this. Yes, with really, and again, you have to. You know, you have to give unclear directions and shove him off out the door, right? Uh-huh. The old, the old uh, hoot twice like a barn owl or once like a screech owl. And you're like, what? <laughs> but what is that? Right. Even Bill was sitting there going, "What in the what? What?" Before he could explain that, like. that he could not. Are they different? Even, like, <laughs> I love, I love, he says. Off Bilbo had to go before he could explain that he could not hoot even once like any kind of owl. <laughs> 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 oh, I like. <laughs> but, it, but then we quickly get to. I just love that. Like it's like. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I like to. So this is interesting, right? Because this is a thing that like is in a lot of pop culture, and I want to know if like where does this? This is like a trope in and of itself, almost, right? Like, where does this come from? Right? Does it come from here? Is is this like a thing that Tolkien just knew about that people said, right? Because this is like, you know, this kind of it's in just like culture, it's in movies, it's in books, it's everywhere. Right? Most famously the South Park movie, right? When he's like, uh, yes, call like a dying giraffe if the guards come. And they're like, what the heck does that sound like? Yes. 
the little the little French kid, right? He's like, yes, mix it sounds like the dying giraffe. And they're like, what? I don't <laughs> But this is just like a weird, I just sort of lashed onto this like arbitrarily because it's like a weird, really weird like trope thing almost. It's all over the place. And I don't know if this is like, is this part of Anglo-Saxon literature or is this just like a funny thing Tolkien put in there? Like, where does this come from? <laughs> yes. Exactly. I, I, maybe, maybe, I, I don't know if this is just the, uh, like, it's a, it's a play on a military thing or something that just kind of becomes more and more absurd the further you get removed from that setting. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. I don't like, know. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's, I just it's thought I'd latched onto that a little too hard. I was like, yeah. this, this little trope thing is everywhere. <laughs> Right? Everywhere, yeah, and it's played sometimes in movies. It's played serious, right? They do like the bird call thing, right? And it's yeah. like a serious moment. Other times, it's like a joke. Like they they say it like this, they like make this sound, and it's like some really weird sound. You're like, what? I don't. What does that mean? <laughs> kind of like Bilbo <laughs> here is like, I don't even know what that means. And then they just like shove him off, and he walks towards the light, uh-huh. right? And he Where does he it finds with pr- well, he does it with pride. We learn more about hobbits of like of. Um, hobbits can move quietly in the woods absolutely quietly and they take pride in it and it, this will come back more and more throughout this of of his stealthiness and you see more and more of like why Gandalf thought him good for this because just being a hobbit he's, he's naturally good at many of these activities that's true it reminds me of you know the uh, whenever it made me think about the part in the I don't remember which movie it is, the Lord of the Rings movie, when Sam and uh, Gollum are talking. And he's like, what are you doing there anyway? And he's like, sneaking. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. He's like, he's like, I'm not sneaking. He's like, what were you doing then? Sneaking. <laughs> sneaking. <laughs> right. Mm, not. So that. Yeah, they find some peril, right? We uh-huh. have some trolls here, right? And Bilbo again, you know, he's just like, oh, you know, I I'm supposed to be a burglar. Maybe I should do some light burgling, just you know, while I'm here, and just to see how it goes. I I don't <laughs> I don't, I don't do. understand this part. This is such a such a break from like I will say this part of like. I don't like he's what why why did he decide to do this like why like he just went yeah I'll burglar because that's what I'm that's my that's who I am now so I'm gonna pickpocket a troll <laughs> that's <ugh>. yeah right <laughs> so like you know he could have just gone back and said like hey there's some trolls over there we should probably not do that right but yeah it just says here. He had read of a good many things that he had never seen nor done, and he was very much alarmed, as well as disgusted, and wished himself a hundred miles away, and yet and yet somehow he knew he could not go straight back to Thorin and Company empty-handed. So he stood and hesitated in the shadows of the various burglarious proceedings he had just heard of picking a troll's pocket seemed like the least difficult. I don't know why that would seem least difficult, right? <laughs> I know. That sounds a bit precarious. Uh... You know, like that, and clearly it was. It, it goes very. Well, he's not a good burglar, turns out, because he's just caught straight away. 
immediately. Well, like, <laughs> but, but we're led to believe that there's something in here about this because it says trolls purses are the mischief and this was no exception. So it's like, is that a special quality about the purses of trolls? Are trolls particular about their purses? Like, I have a lot of questions about this, but this is one of the aspects of like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Why would he do that? the trolls purse? No, why would you? That's the one thing you don't go for, obviously. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so he gets busted. He does immediately. Terrible burglar. Right. Oh. Burglary goes south in a hurry. You mean a burra hobbit? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, and <laughs> oh. Uh, and then he gets like stuck and he's trying to like talk his way out of it. Right. But he kind of like is stumbling over himself. He doesn't know what to do. He does the old, like I'm a hobbit. Uh, I mean, not a burglar, totally not a burglar. Nobody said that. And that confuses the trolls because again, trolls, not just super with it. Right. Right. So he's trying to figure out a way to not become cooked by the trolls because that doesn't sound like a very fun experience at all right he doesn't want <laughs> no and they get in a fight with one another uh for what over who's going to cook him uh right and what to yeah, do with him exactly the what to do with him thing but then also the dwarves solve this in their characteristic manner they just sort of like run at them one at a time. <laughs> yep. Very bravely. Become captured with absolutely no fight whatsoever. Nope. Just, just bloop, like, bloop, bloop. What, what is this? <laughs> so ridiculous. Like, what a what, what a what a rescue attempt. Just yeah. stroll into well, the camp in a line and just like yeah well done everybody whack them both yep yep right in yes. the middle no burr hobbits but lots of these here dwarves um i don't know in what voice did you read the uh would it read the trolls in your head uh do you have a reading voice i guess i just kind of the movie voice right i guess i think that's probably what it was okay anyway <laughs> i think about that too much i just <laughs> yeah anyway Poor Tom. Uh, yep. Yeah. And. Here. Oh, and then, uh, yeah, it's trolls. They're hiding. Yeah. Bilbo shouts to him, um, but he didn't last very long at all. Yeah. Until uh, Gandalf just like magically shows back up and then like. Beats him like just <laughs> well, he, he, trolls are yeah, because by mimicking their voices and uh, yeah, to confuse him, calling to, to argue until they fight all the way up until the sun the rises. Sun. <clears throat> yes, because apparently and, trolls are nocturnal, like so nocturnal that they turn to stone in the sunlight, which seems like a terrible plan. I really, I don't really know how that's... Well, that's why they live in the mountains and in the valleys and the shade. I guess so. In the caves. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And this is... And they all say thank you, right? Uh. (laughs) Yeah, it's just like... It's just like a... a, It's weird because it's like a, oh, hey, yeah, thanks. Anyway, like, they just sort of... (laughs) 
go on. And they're like, where did you go? He's like, I was looking ahead. What brought you back? Looking behind. Like, thanks. Yep. Yep. Gandalf comes on and says, why were you doing this? This was ridiculous. Come this way. Right. (laughs) And yes, I guess. And and they go and they find a, a cave with treasures in it. Yes. A cave of wonders, if you will. Oh, wait. No, wait. Sorry. No, that's a not yet. I mean, that's indifferent. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yes, they get three, what, three swords and a dagger? Or is it, right? Because one, well, yeah, two one at least. And then, two. and then the, the sting. I mean, not but, yet sh- named that. Nope. Nobody knows. I mean, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Everything is fine. Yeah. <clears throat> they find some swords. And some other tr- sort of just like buried to like well, we might be back later and we you know get this later a little bit right like it's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but they do have some swords now, so that's good. That could yes. that's definitely something that could be handy on an adventure, right? Uh huh. Yes, as we as will be important in later chapters, I believe. Uh, yes, definitely. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. And then we uh we go right into chapter 3 with uh um, Chapter 3 is weird. It, this is the most dreamlike one. Um I mean, honestly, there's there's not a whole lot of I mean, personally that that happens in this story. There's not a lot of progression except this is where we find you know, this so this is where they they make their way to find they have to find Rivendell for short. Uh, for yes. for um for a rest for a short rest a short rest <laughs> <laughs> so yeah they're just like wandering around and they they're getting towards the mountains right they're at the beginning of the misty mountains right the big mountain chain that runs down through there um and so and they're like Bilbo's was like is that the mountain and they have to be like uh no we got a long way to go buddy don't worry about it <clears throat> the these mountains look lonely no there's a billion of them we need just one <laughs> But they know that they have to go looking for Elrond, right? That's where they yes. want to go. They want to go find Elrond, uh, the elven lord of Rivendell, right? So this guy walking through this, like, it's like a maze of, like, the valley with, like, crags and peaks and all kinds of stuff. So it's kind of like Rivendell's kind of, like, hidden, right? They zigzag a path into the secret valley of Rivendell, right? That <laughs> uh, is what it says here. Yes. But, like... Oh, I will say before this, Bilbo sees a mountain and he goes, is that the mountain? And Pollen's like, of course not. Like, I just, yeah, like, like, like he was personally insulted by this, by this fact. <laughs> I mean, Bilbo's never seen a mountain before, right? He, he lives in the, the, the Shire. It's fine. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yes, they make their way winding and uh, through this. And then this is where we find them. Find the elves, and they're very, they're a um, man. There are there a lot of songs in this part. The elves are weird in this, right? It's yeah, like I know <laughs> we, we talked about that on the uh, the first episode of this of going like they're very very odd, not at all like later later elves. Yeah, so like this is this is weird because like other in like all of other Tolkien's work, like elves are very like serious, right? Like they're like all about business. Right in the Silmarillion, the elves are honor and like 
duty and all stuff, right? And they're all very like mm, serious. And then you get in here and they're like singing like wistful songs through the trees at the travelers as they're walking by. You're like, mm-hmm. what in the what in the world is this? <laughs> right? So this this story to me, I told Colin this uh, when I saw him in person. So I'll share this again oh. with listeners here. <laughs> I I this this reads like early Tolkien elves, right? So if you don't know, uh, in the very early drafts of the Tolkien legendarium, he referred, the elves were called gnomes, right? Uh, and they were like a bit different, right? They were, this, this reads more like that to me, right? This very like, kind of like, singy, songy kind of stuff, right? And it reminds me a little bit of in the very, very early stuff in his like book of lost tales, when he was still trying to connect like the Tolkien stories to like English mythology, he wanted to make them like a British mythological thing, right? His character goes to this random Island and he goes to this place called the cottage of lost play. And he meets these like people and they tell him the stories of like Middle Earth or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And this gives me that kind of vibe of that like time because it's just so like whimsical and weird. And you're just like, what? <laughs> it's it's weird to me, right? It's it's a it's a, a strange thing. These elves are weird. They're not serious. Later they're, <laughs> they're like mega serious, right? Like right. <clears throat> but it's also weird because like they have the names Right. And they mention a lot of stuff that Tolkien is talking about. Right. So this is again one of those places where I feel like Tolkien just sort of like randomly throwing stuff down to see what would stick. Right. Just to see kind of like what was going on here. Right. Because <laughs> you have all these jolly elves, but then you have Elrond, who is character in some of the like stuff. Right. It is Cimmerillion in the second age parts. <laughs> Elrond is there, you know. So I don't know if he just like picked that name out and was like, oh, yeah, I don't know how planned this was. You know what I mean? <clears throat> so it's kind of weird. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. Yeah, they say things in here like, um, you know, uh, for some elves, tease them and laugh at them. And most of all, at their beards, like they're very they are very jolly and it doesn't feel it, like you said, it feels very early. It feels very weird. But um, there are other aspects of here like it doesn't say Elrond is doing this. So Elrond, I mean, that's are, true. <clears throat> like, so I don't know if this is, um, still nailing down what elves, how elves act, or if this is, uh, you know, Elrond is of, you know, he's acting one way and the others are acting a different way. Like, I don't, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Maybe they're elf children or something. I don't know. But like, <laughs> it, right, right. That's a good point. Yeah. Because then, he just sort of like drops in some randomness and Elrond, you know, they're, they're meeting, they're talking and they kind of want just some, you know, some, uh, info, right. They want to know about this. They're looking for some help from Elrond because he knows a lot of the, the history and all the stuff. Right. And they want to know about like the map. They're going there to, to get the, to learn about the map. Right. Cause they know Elrond knows things. Uh, and they have this map that Gandalf had that he got from Thorin's uh, dad or whatever. And so they need the map to be read. <clears throat> and so that's, that's why they're going here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they get there. They're kind of hanging out and they're talking and stuff. 
And then Elrond just drops some bombs on him, right? And if you like, there's a couple passages in here that again I clinged onto because they're really weird, and they're just like, oh yeah, he just like starts talking about the swords. You know, they show him the swords, right. the swords <laughs> in the cave, and blah blah. And then Elrond just casually says like, oh yeah, these uh were made in Gondolin for the Goblin War. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> now. Now that's a big deal, right? Like, yeah. Gondolin doesn't exist anymore during this time. The book kind of gone, right? There's a whole there's a whole reason for that, but that's fine. Uh, but like, Gondolin, just some background knowledge for those who maybe haven't read the Silmarillion. Gondolin is like the hidden city, mm. right? Uh, it's hidden in a ring of mountains away from the great evil of Morgoth, so that the elves can fight against him. Right, it's like their station. It's like where they launch attacks on the evil of Morgoth and like in his in his strongholds. Okay, um, so saying that this, uh, you know, the sword that Gandalf is has now, this uh, Glamdring, the foe hammer that the king of Gondolin once wore. Right, okay? Turgon is the king of Gondolin. Uh, Turgon is a big deal. Okay, like <laughs> he's like he's a huge deal in the first age. Uh, he like he built Gondolin. He fought against Morgoth until he was betrayed, right? And so this is like this is a this is an important person <laughs> just in the Tolkien legendarium, right? Yeah. Like he he's a big deal. But who who was the who was the goblin cleaver Orchrist uh, named yeah, after? Orchrist, or who's, yeah, yeah, who, Orchrist. Who's that? Uh, that's the well, the Thorin sword that he has, right? Also forged in Gondolin uh, during the first age. So uh, again, this is like this is. I feel like this is told. I don't know when this part was added, you know, but this feels like Tolkien again. He's just having this like massive history just in his brain, and he just sort of like spits a little bit of it out here. Right, because there's a whole huge backstory there. Again, this is the thing that yeah. makes like Middle Earth feel like such a big thing. Is he just sort of casually drops this, and you know the casual reader is just going to be like, well, "Uh, okay, that sounds important." And then if you dive into this a lot more, you're like, "Oh, that is that's really important, <laughs> right?" <laughs> you know, like Turgon again, big deal. You know, but so yeah, so they do that. They give the sword thing. They talk about the sword stuff. And then they're just like, oh, also, by the way, you know, just uh, happen to have this little, you know, Maparino here. <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> just in case, like, you wanted to check that out, too, while you're talking about stuff. Yep. <laughs> oh, oh, and then uh, I, I love how this is, again, just this suddenly the um, the moon letters, right? They get dropped real quick of like, Oh yeah, there are moon letters here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which yeah, which makes which, sense which, that which, only only Elrond would be able to see those, you know, because he's like you know the coolest and whatever. But <laughs> yes, yes, and we also learn that these are highly specific moon letters, and that they can only be read under the light of the moon of, under which they were written initially, which is. Yes. Not helpful at all. <laughs> well, I mean, except for, you know, the, the bit of Deus Es Machina that, oh, there have, it just happens to be today. What do you know about that? What, do you know? what a coinky dink. Right. 
You can just no, read them right now. What this would lead is, I don't know why they didn't do this, of just the obsessively, and the, all he had to do was put in, put a little note in here of like, and thereafter, every night, Bilbo opened the map to look at it, right? Like, that's that's what yeah. I would do, right? Like, well, I don't know what's going to be here or not, so you at least have to look at it. <laughs> exactly. It's a, it's a really weird, like, oh, yeah, he's like, oh, anyway, hey, it just happens to be, because, you know, we got to advance the plot. We can't just sit around here and wait for days and days. Like, oh, well, we got to read them next month. <laughs> Come back later. Right? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> can't really, can't really do that. That kind of kills the story, you know? So, like, it's <laughs> got to be a little bit silly. But, uh, <laughs> They learn some things. These runes tell them <clears throat> that you must stand by the gray stone when the thrush knocks at the setting sun with the last light of Durin's day will shine upon the keyhole. And to which Bilbo goes, uh, what? <laughs> Luckily, Thorin happens to know who these people are. Uh, <clears throat> Yes, and we get uh, a little more Durin's Day. Durin's Day, right? Yeah, <laughs> we get to know. And then we get a little bit more like backdrop knowledge. Like, oh, Durin is the father of the, you know, the Longbeards, which is one of the dwarf clans. There are several of these uh, scattered around, the Longbeards being one of them. Um, <clears throat> and he was like the founding member of that whole thing. It goes back to how the dwarves were created and that that's again a long story but again that is a story that Tolkien has written right that is in Silmarillion like that is there that is like a very old piece of Tolkienist Tolkienism okay and he just again again this is him just sort of reaching in he's like oh yeah this guy blop drops him in this story <laughs> because that whole thing is already fleshed out and written down on 20 million scraps of paper in a binder somewhere Right. Sort of like <laughs> just casually puts it in this. <laughs> like, oh yeah, Durin. Yeah, we know. Yep. <laughs> just gets dropped again. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, again, that's that's why his world feels so fleshed out, because it is. And he like, even though when this book came out, none of the readers would know about that. Right? None of them. That's what you gotta think about too. Like the, the fact that he was able to just do that and like leave these kind of breadcrumbs around to make everything seem full and inviting and, and like a real actual fleshed out place. Yeah. Is, is really interesting because again, in 1937, when people read this for the first time, there is no Silmarillion, right? Yeah. There is no anything else by Tolkien out there anywhere. Right. So the only person that would know what that is, is like, Maybe his wife, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or or in this case, Elrond, right? Or Christopher like, <laughs> or his other sons, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. But it's it's so nice because again, it does feel so full because it's kind of like a um like an internal internal proof, um, like an internal proof of of the text itself to like no, this is legitimate here because look in the story, uh. 
you know, somebody is, talks about something older. Like it, this person has a history going way far back and knows a lot of things. So it's kind of, it does just suddenly doesn't fill in. I'm not going to use that word of like, doesn't fill in anything, but all of a sudden you see just the depth of everything that's there. Yeah, exactly. Right. And it's just like a little, little like breadcrumb. Oh yeah. There you go. There's that just for you for later. In case I ever get this thing published, you'll need that. Boom. Right. So it's, it's very cool. I just like finding those little nuggets just like laying around, especially in this, because the Hobbit is, again, it's kind of weird a little bit from his other stuff, but still seeing that he was, he had so much of this on his mind and he was able to connect it in ways that, you know, maybe he didn't even realize he was doing at first, but. Well, because in, cool. in relation to his other writings that will come late after this, uh, this is a very, like, again, in relation to other writings, this is very small scale. Like this is, oh yeah, like, right. Like that's that's the other thing about this of like the stakes of this one are not very high. Um, in relation to like eternal age battle against good evil, like dark forces yeah. encroaching kind of stuff. This it's very much a um these people on this adventure doing this thing because they want it. Like it really is like, <laughs> which is nice because you all the, the whole time you're navigating through this, even in this, this chapter, not a whole lot happens, but it, the curtain gets pulled back briefly at certain aspects where, that shows you like a lot more going on or has gone on. Yeah. And it's really weird to think about that. Like whenever this was written, he had, zero plans on writing like the Lord of the Rings. Right? It's like none. And then yeah. he had to go, you know, and that's why a little bit of this is edited later. They go back after he's written it. He goes, oh, oh, because Tolkien was always going back and like making things like match up. You know, he was really obsessed with that to make everything kind of mesh together really well. So, you know, <clears throat> the first version of The Hobbit doesn't really mesh with the Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. um, but he went back in and he kind of tinkered with it and added some stuff, especially one of the chapters that's coming up we're going to read uh, for next time. Uh, yeah. That is one of the most heavily uh, changed chapters. So we can talk about that later, but um, <clears throat> you know, so the fact that he was able to kind of pull all this off kind of even by accident and like take what he did writing here and then like translate it forward and he and when he was able to make the Lord of the Rings, like and connect that story to this plus his greater legendary, it's really, it's really impressive the scope that he was able to think on while he was writing stuff. Like it's right. just it it's it's incredible. Like the scope of of his like vision for this is it's just insane. Right? And that's one of the things that like if you are a Tolkien person, you quickly of like the the scope here is is very different than most other works you know what i mean like it's incredible so then the fact that he was able to just like sort of drop some of this in the hobbit kind of by accident is like <laughs> it's really weird but it's also really cool yeah yeah yep there's a lot yeah how he pulls it all together i i agree it's neat to see this being woven um for sure. So, 
Uh, and yeah, we uh, and we end with our uh, adventures setting off again. And I also like, I will say, um, as how to say it's like as the story progresses, themes start popping up more and more as like what's the greatest thing that they're facing of like I, I will of like oh guys this is gonna be really hard for me to articulate but how names or places or things just start like they may be mentioned one time and then like the the frequency with which things uh start being mentioned at the closer we get to them in the story increases which I I really there's a lot of foreshadowing not foreshadowing but like winking and nodding to things like that are coming you, right yeah to, priming yeah. you yes that's what i'm trying to say here as my as they bumble through these words like yeah you start getting more primed as the adventurers encounter these things you get more and more primed for the next for the next thing yeah it's kind of like they're kind of you know yeah they're getting you ready for what's happening next and so it's it's a very interesting way to do that but but yes, we'll see a lot more okay. of that very soon too. Yes, so. yeah, right. Now, yeah, we've, <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, and that was chapter three. So um, let's uh, we'll rate these on a scale. Of, no, we won't. Of like one to fourteen, uh, uh, burglar burr hobbits. No, okay. Um, <laughs> so we had one. I get, we. It's just the, the, these to me were a lot of. These were a lot of exposition, a lot of world building happening going on here in a really well done way. Um, and moving us very yeah, quickly from the clunky, Shire. Though. Right. It's not, right. It's not clunky. Yeah. And and the whole point of chapters two and three are getting us as far away from the Shire as we can. Like that's that's basically what we're doing. <laughs> like and we're well, sad I mean, and we're geographically, we have come quite far, right? Like yes. it, uh, Rivendell is very far away from the Shire. So yes. That is at least welcome, because if you, you know, again, this book, you know, the the map here of Middle Earth is kind of people don't know about it really in the, you know, there's a bit of copy in the back of my book here, but it doesn't show you where the Shire is, but it's, it's very far away from Rivendell. <laughs> so we had to just kind of go through a lot of nothing. Uh, and then now we can spend the time going from, from here until we get to our final destination. There's a lot of stuff to travel through. Yes. So that at least we kind of skip through the boring parts. Cause it's just sort of implied that they're just like, Oh yeah, it's just like fields and little villages and like whatever. Meh. And then now, now we're getting to the, the interesting part. Like we've been going for a while. We've been doing a lot of stuff, but also it was boring and not interesting yet. So mm-hmm. just kind of like skip ahead, skip a bit. And then, <clears throat> get to the good part so uh that can be appreciated at least yes yep i didn't need to hear about other authors would have written about like every step of the journey through every field and like river crossing that they came upon the people like, that they passed out by all of the yeah. characters yeah. yeah they would have taken that time to like agonizingly build out like tell you all about all of the characters but there's like tell me more about how bomber how does Bomber view the world? What's his background? What? How does Glenn? Yeah, like I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. How does Oin and Gloin feel about this? Right? Like I don't really care. So, like, I don't. <laughs> not to say that they're not interesting people, but like, that's not the part. That's not the point of the story, right? You know what I mean? It, the point yeah. of the story is going to the mountain. 
and defeating a dragon. And the fact that we didn't have to sit through 112 pages of like learning about every single dwarf's backstory before we got to Rivendell is really great because yes. that would make this like not interesting and you would lose a lot of the important bit because like what Tolkien is his his scope is very broad but like he's still like even when you read like the Cimmerillion like he, it's not really there's not a lot of like filler right it's not just like a like random stuff you know it's like very we we know where we're going and we're going to drive the point there he does right. it very economically um i will say yeah that's uh, a good way to say that but not in a not in a boring way, not in an economy way of like oh like an economy car or a bare bones approach, but yeah. an efficient an efficient way to move the story and yeah, really, no, not I, really I'm gonna say not really move the story like you pointed out earlier. It's the whole point is to move the characters geographically away. Like we've we've got to go to add some scope and depth to this of a big world. We're exploring this with Bilbo and we're learning a lot. And that's the whole point of going comfortable. Chapter two is basically like, forget all of that. We're gone. And then the Rivendell is, is that last really kickoff point of from here to the end. It's like, okay, there's a lot that now it's getting really hard, but we've got to get way away from this comfort zone, way, way away from the familiar to this little gateway before we keep going. Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, that's just, I feel that same way. I think it's really, it's good. Other people would have like padded that out a lot, but I'm glad he didn't. I'm glad he was just yep. like, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so so we, we will tackle four and five next time. Uh, Indeed. And, and uh, keep, keep going. Yes. I'm excited because the next two are good chapters. Different. Yeah. I right. Mean, yeah. Probably. Yeah, well, I mean, Overhill and Underhill is where, like, we got kicked off a lot of stuff. And then Chapter 5 is, like, one of the most famous chapters uh-huh. in the book. Uh-huh. Right, I would say? Because that's Riddles in the Dark. What? We're not so there yet. We don't we know. We haven't, we haven't. Nobody knows. We're telling you the names of the chapters we're going to read. That's <laughs> but yes, there's a lot to look forward to. Uh, and and for the I'm listeners, excited. for the listeners who are definitely following along and reading along with us, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. See, that that's how we do it. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, until next time. Yeah. Opposite. What's the opposite of ahoy? Yoey. No, that doesn't. I'll figure this no, out. What do, what do you know? Yeah. What do, what do we'll pirates say when they say bye? What is that? Arr. I don't know. Huh? I, I don't know. Okay. Bon voyage. <laughs> And on that bombshell, right. <laughs> <laughs> love you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <too. laughs> Bye. <laughs>